give a message today, a word of hope, out of John 10, the Gospel of John 10, verse number 10. It was my privilege um, six years ago uh, to go out to lunch with Brother Dan Limbach, who's with the Lord now, um, passed away last year from cancer. He was the head dispatcher or the manager for the dispatchers of the Milwaukee Fire Department. And it was a blessing to always get to go up there to that floor and visit with him and listen in on 911 calls. Uh, but six years ago, after attending our church for some time, his wife and his daughter, uh, his wife got saved back probably 1975 or 76, somewhere in there. And uh, she was attending my grandpa's church, and then my dad's church, and then she came to my church, and, uh, or stayed in her da- my dad's church, I should put it that way, because this is my dad's church. And, uh, but, um, you know, it was a blessing to get to know Dan and, um, through those years, and then uh, December of 2016, went out to, I believe it was the Red Rooster, if you've ever been there, that's a good restaurant. And uh, we, we sat there and he said, you know, at the end of the service when you're preaching, at the end of the service when you ask people to come forward for prayer to get saved, he said, you know what, I didn't come forward, but that's what I did. I got saved. I asked Jesus to save me from my sins. And it was a privilege to, to hear that from him and a blessing to watch him grow, a blessing to get to baptize him and his daughter on the same day, and, uh, but also uh, a great honor to preach his funeral service with many from the fire department here. And, uh, and so many loved him. And he was uh, just such a, a blessing to me personally. We, we miss him, but praise God for heaven. Amen. Praise God that we get to go there someday. John 10, 10. Uh, in 2016, also, my wife and I that summer visited the 9-11 Museum in New York City. Uh, it's very well done. It's sobering. It's surreal. Uh, outside the museum is the 9-11 Memorial. In the footprint of the Twin Towers are two reflecting pools that are lined in black granite. Water cascades down the four walls and disappears into a square hole in the center of that pool. I actually went there in 2006. Actually, I'm sorry, 2005. It was October 27th of 2005. You say, how do you know the date, Pastor? Because that's my birthday. And I happen to be in New York City on my birthday for the very first time. And just about four years after 9-11... Uh, we were able to go and see what was not what's there today. It was just two big holes in the ground. That was sobering. Uh, Ground zero. But uh, those pools there today commemorate the names of nearly 3,000 killed in the attacks on September 11, 2001, and the World Trade Center bombing on February 26th of 1993. That date, 21 years ago, clear blue skies, perfect fall weather, 2,977 innocent people went to work, boarded a plane, put on a uniform, responded to a call for the last time. 9-11 was one of the bloodiest days in American history. The towers that represented American ingenuity and business, they were gone. The Pentagon, the very symbol of American strength, was destroyed by an airplane that flew through it like a crate of eggs. Everyone who lived through it remembers where they were on that day. And we came home to watch the footage. I'm sure you did as well. We came home to watch the footage, and we saw it play over and over again. I remember uh, I was in my parents' bedroom. I was just a kid at the time. I believe I was just about 13 years of age. And I remember falling asleep in my parents' bedroom. 
and we didn't normally do that. We were just all around the TV and watching the footage over and over, and it was, it was surreal. I remember watching the president being informed as he was reading to elementary school-age students, and I uh, was informed of that second tower being hit. And uh, that, that image just plays over and over. We had to think. We had to pray. We had to reason as we watched our fellow Americans run through the uh, ash-covered streets as they were fleeing for their lives. And many people asked the question, where was God when all of that was going on? Actually, remember, that was a Tuesday. On Thursday, we have our prayer meeting. And I remember that day in particular, September the 13th of 2001, that was the highest attended prayer meeting that we've ever had in this church, to be honest with you. And I think a lot of people were asking that question. Where's God? What's going on? Why did God do this? I want to say very quickly this morning, God did not do this. You say, well, yeah, Osama bin Laden is the one that did it. Well, Osama bin Laden might have been behind it, but behind Osama bin Laden is the worst terrorist that's ever been, and that is Satan himself. Ephesians 6, 12, the Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, we visually, we see with our our eyes, we see an enemy, but behind the enemy is a spiritual enemy, and that is Satan. I want us to read God's word, if you would stand with me as we read God's word. And I think of this one verse, just one verse, it puts this into proper perspective. John chapter 10, verse 10, if you want, read it out loud with me. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Father, I pray that you bless the reading of your word today. Thank you so much for for your, your word that we can stand on. We find truth. We find consolation here. Thank you for it. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who teaches us and guides us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Satan is a thief. You know, Satan is behind every murder. I think we're over 160 murders here in the city of Milwaukee. It's, getting, it, it, it's, it's not getting bad. It's been bad. I mean, one's bad enough. Last year we had a record number for uh, for historical number for this city. And sad to say, we are on the verge of breaking that record. But Satan is behind every uh, broken home, every broken marriage, every lie, every theft, every act of terrorism. He's behind the evil in this world. And by the way, he uses willing accomplices. Flip Wilson is famous for saying, the devil made me do it. You ever heard that before? Some of us have, have thought it. Some have even said it. The devil made me do it. The devil tempts us, but he doesn't make us do anything. We have the choice. Satan could not do all that he has done without men being complicit and being compliant with him. When God made human beings, God gave them the freedom of choice. But we're not some kind of robots who have no will of our own. We have no ability to choose what we're going to do. We have a free will. We have also the knowledge of right and wrong. God has written on our our hearts a moral code. He's written on our hearts his law so that we can know the difference between right and wrong. And we cannot excuse ourselves on judgment day, say, I didn't know God. Or the devil made me do it. Our free will is one of the greatest blessings we have, but it's also one of the greatest dangers that we have. With great power comes great responsibility, they say. Number one today, the lost are guilty before God. 
the lost are guilty before God. Someone wrote a book called Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? I heard Adrian Rogers say, it really should be why do good things happen to bad people? Because the truth is, none of us are good. And our problem is that, uh, with the title, is that none of us have done good. Human nature is bent towards sin. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. No, not one. Romans 5.12, the Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so then death has passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Just four days ago, my wife's piano student and my son's best friend, a little seven-year-old boy, who we've known his whole entire life. In fact, my wife was roommates with his mom in college, and uh, this little seven-year-old boy was diagnosed with leukemia. Right away, they started chemotherapy. And at the very least, they said he'll be out of school until March. But even the horrible illnesses that occur naturally, they're not brought on necessarily by someone's malicious actions. Those even are ultimately the result of Adam's sin. Because of the sin of one man, Adam, death passed upon all men for all that sin. You know, when God created the world, he said it was good. The whole world, all of creation, he said it was good. And man, when he created man, he said it was good. And because of man's choice, though, the world suffers today. As Romans chapter 8 tells us, the world uh, creation just travails. It it groans under this pressure of the sin curse. And um, even those horrible illnesses are the result of man's sin. Me and my dad were talking about, my dad and I were talking about this this week. With every advance that scientists uh, and doctors make medically, it seems that new illnesses and viruses develop. You might be saying, Pastor, what a positive message this morning. I'm so thankful that you talked about something so positive. It's what we needed to hear. And, uh, but you know, the truth is, uh, doctors and scientists can help us make, uh, can make our lives longer. They can prolong life to a point. But even with longer life comes other issues. So the world is not getting better. Some people think that sooner or later we're going to make this world a safe place, there will be peace on earth, and we're going to do it by human ingenuity. No, my friend, this is part of the curse. We can do things to, to, uh, to make things a little better, but we can never get rid of sin. Only Jesus Christ, he will ultimately deal with that. This world is plagued with disasters, storms, fires, earthquakes, Sickness, starvation, terrorism, war, death. Suffering falls on the just and the unjust. And I'm thankful that I live in America, praise God. You know, we're only 5% of the world's population, but we are so blessed in this country. We don't think about half the things that everyone else thinks about on a daily basis. Where's my next meal coming from? Where is, uh, you know, who's going to invade our country next? Am I going to live to see tomorrow? Am I going to even live to see my children grow up or my grandchildren? We don't even really think about those things too much here. We have, we have it pretty good. Uh, but I want us to realize that uh, as good as we can make things here in the U.S., and we're so blessed, it's just not heaven. And eventually we're going to have to say goodbye to this world. But that's actually a blessing. You might be saying, but pastor, why doesn't God just remove all the suffering? Why doesn't he make it just go away? Why does God allow suffering to, uh, to, to linger here on this earth? 
And here, here's a, an interesting answer to that question. The reason God doesn't remove suffering is because God loves us. Because if God removes suffering, he would have to remove all the evil in the world. And if God removed all that is evil, that means he would have to destroy all of his creation, including each of us. Because human beings are, by nature, sinners, and we are evil by nature. Although there are some, we think about on a relatively, uh, relative sliding scale, we think, well, that person's not so bad. That person, you know, we even compare ourselves to other people. We say, well, I'm, not a, I'm not a murderer. I'm not this. I'm not that. But if we, be, if we be honest before God, we are all sinners. And sin is evil before God. And so he would have to destroy all creation. But because uh, God loves us and human beings are very special to God, we're made in God's image uh, because he loves us. Our sin had to be paid for, and because of his love, he sent his son Jesus to die for our sins. God cannot look, overlook sin, because if God overlooks sin, he would be an unjust judge. And because God is holy, and God is just, God is righteous, he has to deal with the sin. And the only solution for, uh, for our sin problem is that a perfect, sinless man were to die in our place. Praise God. Not only the lost are guilty before God, but secondly today Jesus died for our sins. Romans 5, 6. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And, you know, we've already said that you're evil, so just put yourself in this place. You are ungodly, okay? You're, you are a sinner, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go around this afternoon and just say, you're evil, you're evil, you're evil. But before God, we are sinners, we're ungodly, we are cursed. We have that sin nature. And the good news is that Jesus died for us. Romans 5, 8, but God, God, the creator, perfect, holy God. But God commendeth his love, or he demonstrated his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Put yourself in that place. Put your name there. Jesus died for us. Praise God. We don't deserve it. If you think you deserve it, you're not on your way to heaven. Because the Bible says, for by grace are you saved. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, we cannot... We cannot earn our way into heaven. We don't deserve heaven. But God loved us. He demonstrated his love. It's the one thing to tell somebody you love them. It's another thing to show them that you love them. And God proved his love for us because he sent what was very special to him. His darling son, Jesus Christ, died for us. Praise God for that. Number three today, the decision. The decision is up to you. One of the lies that the devil tells us is that he doesn't exist. Hell is not a real place. The devil doesn't care if you believe in him or not. In fact, he'd rather you not believe in him. He'd rather you believe that he's some comical character with horns and a pitchfork. And, you know, that comes out on Halloween. But the devil is a true enemy of God. And he is our enemy. He hates all that God loves. By the way, God is life and God is love. God is for life. And the devil is for everything that God loves, or against everything God loves. And so if God is life and God is love, the devil is hate and the devil is death. He is 
pro-abortion. Uh, He's pro-murder. He is behind all of that evil in this world. And the devil is, uh, is definitely real and behind all of the sorrow and death. And that's why John 10.10, 10, the Bible tells the thief, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But the good news, the good news, just like Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, well, I don't like that part, but I like the next part of that verse. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The thief cometh not but to destroy and to kill, and uh, to steal, to kill, to destroy. But the second part of that verse, look at it if you would with me. Jesus says, I am come. And by the way, this is John 10. This is in the same passage where he says, I'm the good shepherd. But he says, I am come that they might have, what's the next word? Read it with me together, out loud together. If you don't know it, the word is life. So read it with me. Here we go, ready? That they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Isn't that awesome? The devil is eternally condemned to hell, praise God for that, but he wants to take you with him. He wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy your soul. If he can get you to not believe in him, then he has won the battle for your soul. You might say, I don't want to believe in hell. I don't want to believe in the devil. Well, I don't either. I don't want to believe in hell, and I don't want to believe in the devil. But the truth is, just because I don't want it to be so does not change the reality. It is true. It is true. My friend, you are guilty before God without Jesus Christ. There's no way around it. You might be saying, well, there's other ways to God, there's other ways to heaven. Not according to the Bible. We follow the Bible. The Bible says, Jesus said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Doesn't mean we don't love other people, of course. So I want to tell them the truth. I want to tell them the only way to, to the Father is through Jesus Christ. There's only one way to God. And this morning... We are guilty before God without Christ, but the good news is that Jesus died in our place. He died for us. I'm so thankful for what our first responders do. Many of them put their life on their line. They all put their life on the line, but some of them have given their lives. And they've done it to protect our lives. But think about Jesus Christ. He was the innocent, and he died for the guilty. He exchanged places with us. What wonderful news that is. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's come that we might have life. The decision is up to you. Do you receive Jesus Christ, or are you going to continue to push him away? Are you going to say, well, I I love the story of Jesus Christ. I love um, the Christian message, but, uh, you know, I don't know if I believe that there's only one way to God. My friend, you have to accept what the Word says. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? There's only one way to the Father. Let's pray. If you would, let's stand together. We're going to close in a word of prayer. I want to encourage you this morning, with every head bowed and eyes closed, you come and pray with me this morning. You pray for, pray for our city. It's always a good time to pray for our city. Pray for the needs of our, our state and the needs of our country. 
21 years removed from 9-11, things have not gotten better. People are more afraid. We've had uh, the pandemic. We've had other things happen. The truth is, this, this is not utopia. We can do our best, and we should do our best. We should do our best to live righteously and encourage others to follow morality and to love their neighbor. But the truth is, this is not heaven. And even if it was, we know that we cannot live here forever. And there's an eternity. There's a decision that needs to be made today. Are you going to receive the free gift of salvation so that you're ready for eternity? So you don't go into eternity lost without Christ. Because you might not believe in hell today. You might not believe in Satan today, but one second into eternity without Christ, you will become a believer. So don't go away without Jesus. Father, I do pray that you bless this time of prayer. I pray that you encourage our people to, to come and pray. If you prompted our heart, Lord, I pray that we would make a decision this morning. I pray for anybody that's not saved, that today they would come and talk to one of our counselors. We would show them from the Word how, how that you love them, yes, but you're also a holy God, and you have to deal with the sin. We thank you for our sacrifice, our Savior, Jesus, who stood in my place who stood in our place. I pray that you bless all that is said and done in this time. I pray that you work in our hearts, continue working today in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got some counselors down here in the front. If you'd like to come and pray, I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to show you from the Word of God how that you can be saved.